sometimes realize a certain sadness, feeling of family. Because this is a, a kind of natural state, kind of melancholy or sad, this sense of the impending doom, death, separation from the love. All that is mine, beloved and pleasing, will become otherwise. Well, that's a very sad reflection, isn't it? From the sense of a person. How much poetry has been written about the, the loved one, the beautiful youth, the beauty <coughs> growing old with wrinkles and double chins and so forth. <clears throat> so, so that to, to recognize this, this uh, sadness is, uh, I mean, one takes it quite personally. Now, we tend to think of it in terms of I am sad, I'm feeling down. When actually it's the quite a, on the conditioned realm, it's it's very much the mood of the of the death realm. Any identity, any uh, any uh, attachment to the death realm will always there's this sense of sadness. Because uh, when there's a longing for immortality or for stability to be with the loved one forever and to uh, live forever happily ever after to uh, to find an eternal union these are the images oftentimes of poetic images or religious religious goals. It's sad, isn't it, when you, the Gulf War is a tremendous, is very sad when you hear about it. You get over the kind of exciting uh, excitement of war. What you're left with is a feeling <coughs> of, of sadness. That this, uh, let's say, youth is being destroyed and uh, innocent people are being uh, attacked, butchered, bombed. So this can be depressing if you take it personally. You can, you can, uh, because this this view that or we should be happy or that life is happiness, uh, my right to happiness, American values, have the right to be happy. But uh, they, as one contemplates the nature of things, and this, remember that this is the death realm, the body and the conditioned realm is the realm of death. It's the, the Mara, realm of Mara. So just by, by knowing that, by 
recognizing it for what it is, because the the um, the depression comes from kind of indulging in the in the sadness of loss and of the ending and the old age, sickness, death, despair, anguish, and sorrow. All these kind of indulging in them, in, in wallowing in it on a personal level. <coughs> Because our, especially modern uh, kind of Western people, wallow in self-views, don't we? We, we live in a, in a we're, we're so connected to, we're so attached to the view of ourselves, our individuality, our personality. <coughs> in the say, in. Uh, other cultures, like uh, I'm sure that, that where the identities are broader, where you're not so <coughs> forced into a kind of dead end with yourself all the time, that, that one can be more philosophical about it all. One sees the, the, the natural flow of things and accepts it. The, the death of loved ones and the loss as a part of just a human experience. But there's a kind of blindness that comes from from self, from the extreme form of selfishness that Western people have uh, have become deluded by. And that, is, that it shouldn't be this way. That, that we should be guaranteed by the government, democratic governments, uh, guarantee us rights, privileges, Hopefully, then modern science will will uh, get rid of disease because that's an inconvenience to us, isn't it? We don't we don't want that sickness. Get rid of cancer and all these horrible diseases, so we can live our lives happily. And then uh, old age, stop the aging process through many an anti-senility cure. Don't the don't don't let so we can reverse the the uh, the aging of the body, get rid of sickness, and conquer death. The the human uh, ultimate human conceit. Like Heather's sad, isn't it, to see <coughs> human minds completely out of control. Kind of the kind of suffering that goes with just being caught up in your own thoughts all the time. Where they they've absolutely you know, having no ability to to get beyond them or to to uh, filter them in any way when just kind of becomes every whatever you're thinking, whatever impulse. That's what madness is, you just become whatever whatever thing happens. You become happy, sad, uh, you become uh, the mood becomes a thought.
to to to, uh, to have a refuge means to to be able to observe and witness that the changing the the conditioned realm as a conditioned realm. But as I said before, a condition can't see a condition. It's uh, a conditioned self can't see the, the can't see itself. In other words, your your ego can't see uh, can't see itself. Your personality can't contemplate personality. So recognize that that, that pattern of of the like <coughs> consciousness consciousness uh, they display on the level of eye consciousness. Your eyes can't see themselves, but they can see the objects. I can see this uh, heater, superseer, superseer. Now, how do I how do I know that I that that I'm not <coughs> that that uh, superseer? Does anyone, when you look at that, do you feel a sense of oneness with it, that you are a, a gas heater? <laughs> no one? <laughs> Why is that? Why do you laugh? Because... <clears throat> Because you, you, there's a, there's one is looking at it as an object. It's object. It's not the subject. And so that the eyes, uh, eyes can't contemplate it, can they? They, they see it. There's eye consciousness, but the eyes can't can't contemplate. But the but the mind can. You can reflect. You can. Uh, examine this relationship of subject, say, the, the, the experience of our consciousness. Well, that's on just, uh, that's on uh, I consciousness and apply that to the sense consciousness, the ear, nose, tongue, body. Then the mental conditions are the same as the superseer. They're the same relationship. I am is is the same as the gas heater in this reflection. Can the thought I am uh, investigate itself? Can can the thought itself look at itself? It's like can your eyes look at your eyes? Can can uh, the the uh, conditioned mind, the analytical mind? observe itself. Analytical mind is dependent on on, uh, kind of on associative thought. So just one thought conditions another. So you have logic. You can come up with ideas and in, in, uh, logic uh, from logic and reason, rational thought. But it's still still not uh, it's still not uh, the awareness of thought as thought. Maybe you you think thought is thought, but you've not actually seen it. 
had that insight. Feeling is feeling. And feeling is sadness. The feeling is the same as the as the superseer. Feeling of sadness is the same. It's an object, isn't it? Because you can witness. There's this ability to observe sadness. Know it. Is this feeling of sadness or feeling of despair? When you <clears throat> reflect in this way, then the, then, the, then the feeling of despair is seen as a nita dukkanata. If you don't reflect, then you react. <clears throat> you react to it and think it's yourself and a, prob a problem with you and that it shouldn't be this way and that you should be happy. And you go around in the samsara vata or the endless cycles of your passions. Like one can get carried away, say, looking at the gas heater. One can, one, if one isn't reflecting on it, one's just either taking it for granted or thinking, it's callow gas, dangerous, or wish we had a better way of heating the room, and, and uh, oh, I don't like that big kind of, don't like the way it looks. And uh, it's damp heat causes, brings dampness into the room, gas, damp, and, and uh, one can go on uh, with one's own criticisms of the superstar, or you, you might be indulging this, thinking, oh, it's so nice and warm sitting in front of the superstar. It's cold out there, and come in from out of the cold, you sit in front of this nice heater and warm up. Well, happiness and I'm warm and cozy instead of cold. Mm -hmm. I love to be warm and cozy. I'm so grateful to have this superstar here. <coughs> Wish I could have one all on for myself. My own private superstar. The, the aversion, indulgence or <coughs> aversion to it, but then the, the, you notice the reflective mind is what I'm pointing to, the not, 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 in, not expressing, not following any kind of attraction or aversion to it, but just observing the relationship of subject to object. <coughs> and then you take that to being a subject to where you can't get behind the subject, like I can, I can get behind my eyes. I can contemplate sight, but my eyes can't contemplate sight. What is it that can reflect on sight, on, on visual consciousness, or on sound, or on feeling, or on thought, or mood, emotion? What is that? Now in uh, life here at Amaravati, this keeps Keep uh, whatever happens is to keep bringing attention to that that life is like this, living in human communities, people and and uh, monks, nuns, anagarikas, <coughs> and 
lay people and people coming from outside, people from inside, all this is, this is the world, the world is like this. <coughs> people with their problems, people doubting, uncertain, wavering, uh, interfering, uh, opinionated and, <coughs> and uh, critical, obedient, happy, grateful, uh, all that, the whole lot, the whole range of of uh, feelings and experiences. This is the world is like this. With Saddam Hussein and George Bush, the world is like this. Is the world? This is the conditioned realm. <coughs> this is the Mara. This is the death realm, Marawati. It's like this. It feels like this. It's the reason why it's so unsettling and and. Uh, because that's its nature. It's 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 born out of avicca, and it operates on greed, hatred, and delusion. So how can it be any other way? Why why complain about it? Why why judge it? Or or create uh, a lot of uh, problems in your mind about the way the world is? Because the world is the uh, I am the owner of my karma, heir to my karma, born of my karma, related to my karma, abide supported by my karma. Whatever come I shall do for good or for ill, and that I will be the heir. So this is our heritage, the way it is. The Gulf, cry, the Gulf War, Saddam Hussein, the Palestinians, the Israelis, our own way we think and feel and do things and responses on the, on the individual plane and the society. Britain is like this. America's like this, and so that this is, this is the the ability to to recognize the world as anicca dukkanata, rather than to to make uh, a lot of get depressed or upset or or dwelling thinking you know caught in the illusion that it shouldn't be like this it should be some other way. Idealistically, it should be another way. I agree. I'm certainly all for it being, you know, for the world to be a better place. I would definitely like it to be much more, kind of, a lot of wisdom and kind of spiritual goals dominating the minds of humanity. Selflessness, and kindness, <coughs> compassion, universal compassion, and love of the planet, and proper eco attitudes towards ecology and, and cleaning up the pollution and spending, a, instead of spending a thousand billion dollars, imagine that's one thousand billion dollars on a war, we could replant the Sahara Desert. We could clean up the Baltic Sea. We could, we could feed only starving Africans. We could buy Mercedes-Benz's for all the Chinese. <laughs> I suppose that sparks off some negative thoughts, doesn't it? The, the ecological fanatics.
The last thing we want is for a billion Chinese to have Mercedes-Benzes. They'll think of the pollution. We go on, and when yet we're quite willing <laughs> to uh, in, in how use use money for just just uh, shooting up destructive missiles and blasting the hell out of Iraq. But that's the way the world is. The world is like that because that's the karma of it. We're at this a age now, this uh, <coughs> this uh, this type of uh, this is where humanity is. We're like this. The world here at Amravati. This <laughs> try to to bring into your to to reflect on the way it is here. Not not a, not necessarily being thinking that that's a criticism, but just the way it is. And then you, you can think, with your critical mind, that it should be more this way or less that way, or suddenly you might think it's just right the way it is, or how to make it better and make it more fair, and how to uh, improve it, how to, uh, we can, we can always, uh, you know, spend our time trying to improve and make it better without even recognizing the way it is. Because the critical mind will pick out, you know, on the, on the, on the crack in the wall. And all day we can, we can not see the wall because we see the crack. But if you're looking at the wall, sometimes you don't see the crack. But if you see the crack first, then you don't like it, then, then after a while you don't see the wall anymore. All you're seeing is the crack, the smudge. And that, with yourself too, you do that, don't you? You tend to see the smudge rather than the, <coughs> than the, uh, what, the, the, the virtues and the goodness of yourself. You see the one dirty spot and become obsessed with that. So it becomes enormous. It becomes all you see. That's, that's yourself. You, I'm a smudge. I'm a dirty smudge. That's me. I'm, that's face. I'm going to be honest with you. Fess up now. What are you really? I'm a dirty smudge, Arjuna. Uh, now, a community gets better, say, on the, on the realm of improvement in things bouncing out when the individuals in it start using more wisdom, more compassion. When we start operating from our views about how to make it better, we tend to make it worse. Because then we, we form factions and we cause divisions, we, we impose our views on others. We have, uh, we cause discontentment, we create uh, grumbling and complaining in the, in the community. Uh, so that this is, this, this, this is, uh, because we, we're looking at the, maybe what we don't like or what we see is not all that great. And we, uh, we 
we think we should, we should, we've got to make it some other way. We've got to get rid of it, get rid of the smudge. <clears throat> Pretty soon you, by trying to get rid of the smudge, you, you absolutely ruin the whole wall. Because you, you don't have a perspective on it. Remember in Wat Pa Pong, we've told you how monasteries go through up and down. I mean, not, not the ideal of a perfect society is only an ideal. But now don't, don't make problems about the, the, uh, the Sangha or the monastery. Roof over the head for one night. Well supported. Dhammas taught, the Vinayas taught. You think, well, we want more harmony or we want more feeling of something or other. We want it to be, uh, you know, have more autonomy or more discipline or our mind will, will, will uh, complain about the members, the nuns or the monks or... But that, that's, that's just a grumbling mind. That's the way the world is. People are like this. People get upset, they get jealous, they get bored, they, they get uh, fed up, they, some, some try too hard, some don't try hard enough, some uh, want to be important people, want to be in the center of everything, want to be right where all the decisions are being made and in on every, everything, and others just don't, don't want to know, people want to to become, uh, they don't want to have a position, others don't want a position, others want to, to uh, have their ideas always willing to come forth with a, with a new idea or criticism, others afraid to say anything. Is afraid that to complain or or even suggest that something might not be right. That's the way the world is. There's all kinds of uh, things. Some some of you are frightened of me. Some of you are petrified of me. And that it's the way the world is. When you're, when you're the big shot, the big boss, you've got to expect people to be absolutely ready to wet their pants the moment you walk by. <laughs> All right, that's the way the world is. <coughs> Thank <laughs> you.
Why? I'm really quite. You know, I, I grew this size in order that I could terrify you all. <laughs> quite intentional. One thing, to, to use their life as a mirror, like, like, like just uh, as the years go by, you just see more and more how to let go of these particular tendencies. It doesn't all come in kind of, I mean, even though you have insights, it doesn't mean that, that, uh, that suddenly you just transformed from an insight overnight into a totally selfless, enlightened saint. It takes a continuous kind of effort of, of willingness to work with life and learn from it. Say in, in my own life as a monk, it's the continuous wi willingness and determination to reflect on what's happening. And, and from so I keep learning all the time from things because. Uh, this uh, life changes, it's like always changing and that presents different situations, different experiences. So that they coming to England and, and uh, establishing these monasteries and, and uh, all of this is, has been a part of a reflection on Dhamma learning from it, learning just really so more aware of what of, of, the, where, of what suffering is about. When I get caught up, when I get uh, uh, overwhelmed or, or absorbed into the conditioned realm, then, then the suffering begins. And wherever you, you fall apart, like some of you fall apart quite easily, uh, you, you know, little things or, or just little, <coughs> or even big things, or very personal things, can shatter your mind. So, so somebody tells you off or, or uh, does something that, that really absolutely shatters you, and uh, you, you, uh, how many of you have become more resilient or do you, are you determined to be shattered? Because certainly given every, you know, everything that, that as far as the Dhamma goes, the, the, the suggestions for dealing with the sense of being at the end of your tether or the end of Heather, or the... Or the feeling, I've lost all faith, or the, the shattering of your mind. What is it that can observe it? And that's where, that's where you keep putting your being attentive there, where that doesn't matter if you're absolutely shattered and totally disillusioned, 
That's all right. That's a condition of the mind. No, observe it. Keep, keep, uh, keep investigating. They're not analyzing, but watching. What does it feel like to be shattered or to be disillusioned? So that you're, you're objectifying it. You've seen the Dhamma of it. Like with Sister Rojana trying to get her to, to observe that, <coughs> say, can you do that? <laughs> but I don't know, kind of whinging, complaining all the time. Can you, can you observe that? And there's no way that, because the attachment, the whole, the whole self was so caught into that, that mood. But it just takes one moment of just this ability just to, to, to reflect on it as a mood. Or to listen to, the, to your mind, whinging. I don't feel the really alms mendicants, and I don't, I don't, I don't like England, and I don't like, and you keep listening to it. So that it's, uh, it, it really, you, once, you, once you're willing to, to think it, and to uh, observe it, then it, it, it's seen as an object. Like, like just looking at the big sir, super sir, and reflecting on the fact that it is an object, it, it brings attention to this, to the fact of, of what an object is, an aramana is. Even though it's obvious, I mean, that's, a, that's quite obvious that it is, it's still a, a taken for granted, maybe, uh, in another way. One is, was just uh, taking it, you know, not, not really bringing attention to the way it is. One is just going on the assumptions of habit and desire and fear. And that's where you, this, this is so important to, to, to put this into practice, to put the mind into this the state of just bare attention, observation, witnessing the object. So that your whinging mind can be seen as a condition rather than uh, something that you keep following and never questioning, believing that, that your uh, complaints are, uh, are reality. So make that determination today. Whatever happens, whatever moods, whatever things happen in, in visual consciousness, sound, uh, smell, taste or touch, or emotion or thought, keep keep reminding yourself. Put that special. Make that a special. Uh, determination for today. And even if it's just for a second, even if it's just for one, one moment, that's still, that's, you've been successful. Don't think of it as suddenly just, you know, breaking 
through and uh, always seeing things exactly as Dhamma forevermore. And because you don't, you go back into into absorbing into the objects again that you're a failure. Well, just just be grateful and 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 uh, recognize that just one one insightful moment is better than spending the whole day in ignorance, even if it's only half a second. Remember. When I was a Samanera in Nongkai, I was really, I really was trying to do this. I knew, I knew that, that uh, I kept, I kept working at this all the time. But the, but the uh, pull and the commitment and the belief in the conditioned realm was so strong. Then I'd just be thinking endlessly. I, I figured I figured it all out. It was the thing. The theory was was very clear to me. But as an experience, where this where this seeing, this insightful knowing, I understood it uh, in theory. But in actual ec- uh, experience of insight, I hadn't had it yet. So I kept I kept figuring out how do you do it. And I kept kept. Uh, Working at it, trying to, and you get so kind of obsessed, and <clears throat> fed up, and and around and around, and then, then, it happened. Had it, I, 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 I had that insight, very clear, but it was only a flash, only a, and it was an insight. But then the the conditioned mind started going. <gasps> Oh, I'll never be able to do it. It's too hard. I can't. And this incredible kind of despair took me over. Because uh, just one, one, one clear moment, but yet, yet the conditioned mind was making such a problem about it. You know. It's so hard. I can't do it. You know, I just, you know, I've got so many problems and... This is this was the whinging mind, isn't it? Just I can't do it. It's too difficult. Even though it had, there had been a moment, uh, a very brief moment of insight. But if I'd never done it, if never had that one brief moment, I wouldn't be here. I'd probably be Jehovah's uh, <coughs> Witness or. Hare Krishna, probably. I'm more attracted to Hare Krishna than to Hare Krishna. I like the idea of playing drums and dancing. No, that's that's consciousness, which is also can, is also an object. Well, you can you can be aware of sense consciousness, but you can't you can't be aware of being aware. 
But don't, but don't conceive non-duality. Because in the, in the, in the knowing, that's universal, like, that's not personal. No. Not in the sense of, uh, of, um, I mean, there's, there's, uh, there's knowing as an, but, it, but then the the, the uh, conditioned realm is no longer affecting it. Is no longer, you know, one is no longer absorbing into conditions or ideas or. But yet the appearance is still separate. You know that. On the sense realm, that's why the, the sense realm is is a is a, is consciousness itself, it's subject object. But that's where this this the refuge of Buddha, knowing Dhamma. That is the uh, thing in that you're you're taking concept. To 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 that uh, universal paradigm, but you have to let go of that too. You know, you're not not grasping that either. But that is the that that those are the, that's the road sign. That's the direction. thought is just is just is a, like a reminder is a is direction, not the practice. So you're you're that's the difference between say wandering mind and associative thinking where you analytical thinking where you're taking a you're deducting from a theory and uh, and using logic. To uh, reflect on what we're bringing into consciousness, you're bringing, looking at things, examining, investigating the way it is. So the suchness, like the suchness, the non-greed, non-hatred, non-illusion, the argument, on that. Of the realization. And I think, well, I'm thinking mind hence the uh, conceptual mind thesis. Non grasping is you can't you can't uh, it has no quality to it, it's a realization. Anatta is a realization. It's not it's not a an uh, something you see in an object or realize as that kind of thing. 
But uh, I always use, like, I am is, is a, uh, I mean, put it on a, on a very coarse level, just the thought I am as an object. And then, then, then observe, think I am, and, and then observe when there's no thought I am. So that there's, there's awareness with no thought and with the thought. There's awareness of both. But you deliberately think I am and, and then not think it. So that, because I am is, is uh, I mean, there's habitual behavior and emotion. Uh, but, but these are always interpreted from I am out of ignorance. But as soon as you as you begin to pinpoint I am as, as, uh, and, and really uh, recognize that the thought I am is only a thought, the sense of me and mine is a, is a, is a thought in the mind, and, and then there's a feeling of being somebody, or being somebody who, you know, but, but, it's the, but the more you think about your feelings, then when you're just seeing feeling as feeling, they can, you can, you know, you're, the feelings, you're not, you're not, you're not proliferating around the feeling. Because one feeling won't go on to another feeling unless you start thinking. So it's this, this thinking process that you're, you're, you're witnessing and, and, and uh, investigating. Because your your mind is your 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 conditioned mind is 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 programmed with I am as the basis for your life, and then then because of that, then you interpret everything from from that. That's the that's the world from us. It's the the real world for people. I am me and mine, and and in investigation of Dhamma and, and you know, I am is merely a condition of the mind. And the the uh, consciousness, the, the having been born and as a, a human being, and this is experience of consciousness and the karma of a human being. But it it seems it's no longer interpreted from I am, but from uh, from mindfulness from Buddha seeing Dhamma, or from the knowing of it as it is. So, so like, like consciousness is this way, and uh, feeling. A, so that there's, when you talk about the way it is, the suchness, there isness of of a, of a say just or feel, see feeling and feeling, body and the body, and the satipatthana. So that you're, you're, you're not. Abstracting feeling as, as, as a theory or an idea, but you're feeling like this. So there's this knowing of feeling. Uh, mood, the jitta is like this. Feeling elated or depressed or balanced or, <coughs> or feeling expansive or contracted or, or tense. 
or, or relax. There's a, there's a, a knowing. So when I think about that knowing, I, I see that that's what we call Buddha. That, that could only be Buddha. That kind of knowing things as they are. We, we don't have a term in, uh, in English for that. For that kind of knowledge. Where in uh, Sanskrit, in Hinduism and, and in Buddhism, they do buddhi. Buddhi is their Sanskrit word. Because that intuitive wisdom is, is not been, uh, I mean, it's, it's been a part of European uh, cult civilization, like it, you, you see it in, in, in the Greek. Pythagoras, certainly wasn't, you know, unnoted. In that. But, but the uh, Western world very much has, has uh, has opted for conditioned reality as we as the only thing. You know, that we become fascinated with with discriminative thinking. And and the and the uh, more technology is a result of that. Then to contemplate that. Why why we, because we've you know in the West we've created this fantastic science. It's it's it's, uh, it's absolutely fantastic, and this is not an American exaggeration. <laughs> it's absolutely fantastic that they can they can create such. Uh, I mean, just an airplane. Whenever you ride in a seven four seven, I mean, I'm always thinking this is this is an incredible piece of technology. You go inside this super deluxe airplane, sit down, and you find yourself taking off these enormously heavy, clumsy-looking things, gigantic things, suddenly zooming down the runway, and then they're airborne. God, <laughs> Then you're sitting there in, this, in the lap of luxury, and this lovely, the hostess comes by and says, like <laughs> these very glossy magazines to look at, and, and the latest Guardian or Independent, and then they show films and they serve these little snacks, and she's sitting there, and everything's nice and pleasant, and you look down, uh, you look out the window, and there's a Hudson Bay down below. It's, it's ice globe. One time I flew over Istanbul. God, there's Istanbul right below me. I could see the Dardanelles from above, like a like a god, like Zeus flying up in the sky. You know, Zeus used to look down at the Dardanelles, and I was doing just what Zeus does. <laughs> I think this is fantastic, absolutely fantastic, and that's the result. I mean, the technology and, the, and then the weaponry is 
is the fact that we've created a technology without any reference to divinity or transcendent reality. And it's the, it's the world, it's the evil world. Because our weapons are not, they're, they've not been, we're not using, we're not using this discriminative ability and intelligence in the right way. We're using it to make money for ourselves, to hoard up things, to me first type of thinking. And yet we see the possibility, I mean, not that human beings are, are, are you know, hopeless, because we can't, we, we all have that longing and aspiration to, to not be that way, don't we? why we're here. We don't want to be that way. I don't want to be that way. I don't want to be spend my, waste my life just thinking about myself. It's a horrible thing to have to do. Just think about me till I die. <coughs> but it can be a hell round. And the, uh, and the and then there's also intuition. Like even even though my mind has been conditioned from a very materialistic society. Very, very materialistic time, my generation. There's something in me that doesn't, doesn't want it. That from a, you know, quite young age is trying to get out of it, trying to run away or not be caught in it. That, uh, intuitively, it, uh, the, the material world in the modern materialistic society quite repels me. Repulsive, it's repulsive to me. It, it's meaningless and it makes your life meaningless and, and it, all I just feel is depressed. If I think if that's all there is, then you might as well commit suicide. Because it's, it's just totally without meaning or purpose, and it's not connected to anything, you're just spending your life just getting by on a, on a very limited uh, conceptual plane. So that, that's where I trust this intuitive, what brings us here, what, what, what is it that, that brings us to meditate? Why do we sit and meditate? We could be out, you know, Having a good time and all kinds of fascinating distractions in London. London is a, you know, if you want to be distracted with the refined sense pleasures and entertainments, there's hardly any place better than London. Theater, music, everything. Parks and museums and, and you know, glamorous people and, realms of power and all that. You know, that London is a pretty fascinating city. If you, you know, if you want to get distracted from everything, there's a lot there. Why aren't we in London getting distracted? Being distracted by all that's available there. Because uh, there's, there's what brings us here is an uh, intuitive sense beyond, behind the sense of ear and eye, a soul behind the soul that seeks and sings. 
that's a that's the religious uh, aspiration. Is that that's there's asp- this aspiring quality, isn't it? We don't we know we don't really belong here. This is not an end in itself. This form, this physical form, this material world is is not. We we aren't going to change it into a paradise. We're not thinking Garden of Eden, this planet Earth, where I'm going to live happily ever after. We recognize planet Earth is beautiful, but it's not where we belong. It's not as it's not an end in itself. It's another condition. It's another manifestation of beauty, but it's not an end in itself. So we're not ignoring it or or condemning it, but we're recognizing it reflecting on it and not not uh, seeing seeing the conditioned realm anymore as a as as a possibility for a, for a permanent refuge or paradox That's why, like, don't believe what your mind says. If you, if you're, uh, it's like I, the example of having the insight when I was a summoner, and then, then after the insight, one moment, then the, then the conditioned mind went, oh, I can't do it, it's too hard. Like, if I'm going to believe that, I'm going to end up just being a kind of whinging creep the rest. I'm going to be at 57 years old. Well, I, I can't do it, and I'm just, you know, try, but I can't. And, uh, just uh, an old man, a, a, a wimp. Something that men don't want. <laughs> George Bush is very afraid of being called a wimp. But I would, you know, if I had, if I believed that whinging mind, then I can't do it too hard. I would be that way now. Be the result of believing that, and yet it seemed very real because one's whole identity was with that, that whining, complaining, foolishness of the mind. So I determined not to believe it, not to, not to believe that stuff at all. When I hear my mind going on like that, I, I say, oh, stop it. This is, this is uh, not going to go along with this. You have to uh, develop that, uh, stop that. that. That which, you know, if you're developing upayas, just that. stop indulging in those in that negativity and in that weakness and foolishness and crybaby type of thing. Because you need something in us to say, stop it. If you get some somebody goes hysterical, have you ever gone hysterical? Where you just <laughs> you get lose control, and then somebody slaps you. <coughs> Stop it! 
really stops it. But there's, you know, a longing, also these kind of immature emotions, wanting a mother to, to soothe you, and wanting, you know, somebody to love you, wanting, there's a, you know, there, this kind of em, uh, emotional immaturity we have to identify, like wanting, wanting to be appreciated, wanting to be loved, wanting to be protected, wanting to be mothered, Wanting uh, somebody to to hold your hand, and somebody to say you're all right, somebody to take you by the hand, a strong figure that says, "Come with me." At last, I found my hero. <laughs> There's an emotional immaturity. <laughs> No, you, you're 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 giving up all that that kind of uh, indulgence in those kind of those kind of emotions, and just trusting that we need we need a refuge. We do need a safe place to be because of this the vulnerability and and sensitiveness of this realm we're in, a sense realm. So. So that this is what we mean by Buddha Dhamma Sangha. There's no safer place to be than in a than say than keeping moral moral precepts. The moral precepts are the biggest protection, the greatest protection against evil. If the five precepts is the protection against evil forces. Then the uh, practice uh, and the, the, this, this, uh, uh, the generosity dana dana is brings joy to living, giving and serving others, non selfishness dana giving and serving generosity is a joyous thing, brings joy into our life. We need to be joyous. We need happiness and joy. Not happiness in the, in the, and if give me, I want, I want something, give me what I want and I'll be happy. Not that kind of happiness, but happiness, the, the joy of giving, of, of looking out for someone else, and being generous and unselfish to others. Dana, Sila, and Bhavana, reflective meditation, contemplation, understanding of Dhamma. In, in the Buddhism, and say, dana, sila, and pavana is the path. When you talk about Buddhist path, dana, the practice of dana, sila, and pavana, you know, the, the, the levels of practice, giving, generosity, moral restraint, and and uh, meditation. <coughs> 